Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Y'all good? It's good to be in the house this morning. Welcome to church. I just want to take a moment and welcome you all. You're such a beautiful crowd today. I just want to welcome you all, especially all of our guests and those that are with us online this morning. Come on, can we give it up for our guests and those with us online today? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Look, I just want to take a moment and, and bring your attention to something. The first um, Wednesday night of October, we're going to be having an event called First Wednesday, and, and that's going to be the first Wednesday of October. Let me tell you what that is. It's going to be a worship service here, but we're going to have, th this worship team is awesome, man. They just killed that new song, but look, uh, sometimes like I, I feel like, man, I want some more, right? So First Wednesday is going to give us that opportunity. There's going to be more worship at that service. It's going to give us the opportunity to take communion, and then this month, we're going to be having a guest uh, pastor that's going to be bringing an awesome word. So don't miss out. First Wednesday of October um, is going to be awesome, and God's going to do something big there. Um, but so today, uh, as Jason said a moment ago, my name is Caleb, and I just have the honor of serving as student and outreach pastor here today. And uh, I have the honor of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. Um, so, but I have the honor of getting to speak this morning. I'm just very honored and, and, and thankful for the trust from Pastor Ben. But I get to talk to you this morning about part two of a series that we started last week called Choose Joy, okay? And so what we we're talking about is how we can choose joy even in the middle of bad situations in our life. All right, and so just to get that kicked off, to get that started off this morning, I want to tell you probably one of my favorite um, heroes of the Bible, if you would, besides Jesus, that's obvious, but besides Jesus would probably be Paul, the Apostle Paul. And one of the reasons is because Paul lived such a, he had a hard life. But in spite of how difficult his life was, he stayed so positive. I mean, let me tell you how hard of a life Paul lived. In one of the chapters of Corinthians, he just takes a moment to list out all his bad days. He just writes about that. And Paul lets us know that there was a... There was a 39, 39 lashes of a beating that the Jews would give to people. And Paul actually received those 39 lashes on five separate occasions. Um, he was beaten with rods on multiple occasions. Um, and then also Paul tells us about this other instance where he was shipwrecked. Okay, And in the same time that he was shipwrecked, he was just left out in the open sea, floating around on a piece of wood, just bobbing around out there. Like I'm sure he's like, oh, scared to death if he's going to get eaten by a shark for like 36 hours, a, a night and a day. And then he finally makes it to land. And then when he gets to land, he starts to build a fire and he gets bit by a snake. You know, So it's like it just went from bad to worse. If it's not one thing, it's another. And I don't know, maybe some of you have felt like that before. Um, and then Paul talks about another time where where he was stoned. And I heard somebody say, well, hey, at least he got some relief, right? But <laughs> some of y'all get that on the way home. Uh, it, was not that, it was not that kind of stoned. Paul was stoned. Literally, people throwed rocks at him. It was not relief. But in, in spite of all of his hardship, Paul's writing stays so positive. Um, in fact, the book of Philippians, probably one of Paul's most joy-filled letters, is written from jail. He's in jail when he writes this. And so I want to bring you to a scripture found in 2 Corinthians that, that Paul writes to us. And he says, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many riches, as having nothing yet possessing everything. 
So Paul is telling us right here, you know, uh, it's sorrowful, but I'm always rejoicing. Um, I'm poor, but I'm making many riches. And we're not talking about earthly riches or money or those kinds of things. Uh, And then he says, having nothing, but yet possessing everything. And Paul gives us the perfect example, the perfect illustration of someone who goes through very difficult things in his life, but chooses joy. He continues to have joy in his life, regardless of the circumstances that are going on around him. Um, you know, if you if you listen to country music, I don't know if anybody, any, I mean, this is Texas, so I don't know, some of y'all might listen to country music. Um, if you, they say if you listen to country music, you'll hear a pattern, um, you know, your dog gets run over, your truck breaks down, and your woman leaves you, right? So I, my, other than the woman leaving you and the dog breaking down, you know, my week was kind of like a country song. It felt like one thing after the, another. I mean, my truck broke down to the, 25, to the tune of $2,500, and I'm like, ah, you know, I told Pastor Ben that, and he was like, and, you know, we had started this series last week, and, and so in between last Sunday and this Sunday, this happened, and I told him my truck broke down, and he said, let me tell you, Consider it pure joy, my brother, you know. We can, and I was like, that's really what I wanted to hear, right? And I was like, but the truth is, is even if your dog gets run over, and even if your truck breaks down and your woman leaves you, you can still choose joy. Because the things on the outside don't determine the joy we have on the inside, okay? So let's talk about, uh, for a few moments, how we can choose joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. You know, when we look around our world today, it's obvious that there is this spirit of heaviness that's just over our country. And and not to, you know, glorify those things, but I mean, our world's facing a lot of obstacles right now with the the coronavirus and riots and and injustice and, you know, you name it, wildfires, hurricanes, just about whatever it seems like could go wrong is going wrong, you know. Um, And there's so much division that's taking place because of an election that's coming up and just all kinds of things. But I would venture to say that those things are not necessarily the root cause of the heaviness that we're facing. I believe that there's a spiritual element behind the heaviness that's on our land right now. I mean, right now, I believe more people are overwhelmed, they're anxious, they're depressed than they probably have been in a long time. And I don't think it's just because of the things that are happening. I think the enemy is using the things that are taking place in our world to try and steal our joy. He's trying to take our joy from us. But I'm here today to just encourage you because I want to let you know that God, he wants you to have joy. And it is possible for you to walk in joy, even if your circumstances are bad. And I'm not talking about this you know, you're just walking around like, hee, 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 like just giggling all the time like a schoolgirl. I'm talking about this constant sense of happiness and contentment, this joy that comes from Jesus that's on the inside. And it's not determined by what happens on the outside. And if you'll let me this morning, just for a few moments, I want to challenge us. Notice I said us because I want to challenge myself as well. Um, but One of the ways that we choose joy is to choose to live a life of purity. Let me show you this. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come 
that they would have life and they would have life to the full. So the Bible tells us that the thief, the devil, the enemy of your soul, that he comes to steal. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace, your peace of mind. He wants to destroy your life. But then Jesus speaks up and he says, but I have come that they would have life and that they would have life to the full. And so the thing about the enemy is that he will use sin in our life to rob us of our joy. Sin steals our joy. And so for just a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you about three effects that sin has on our lives. Now, in your worship guide, when you walked in, there should be some sermon notes, and I just encourage you to fill those in as you go, um, uh, as we go. But I want to tell you a story. I'll never forget, I was in like the eighth grade, and um, I I was the kind of kid that I kind of goofed off my way through school. You know, I was just more worried about having fun than I was, uh, you know, about my grades. Um, And so every time we received report cards, it indicated that I was goofing off, right? The grades were not the best. And so, um, and my dad was pretty strict on us about our grades. Uh, But my sister, on the other hand, she was the kind that made all A's. And, and, you know, ultimately she became the salutatorian of her class and all that. But she would always go up to him and be like, hey, we got our report cards. I got all A's again. And so I would always, I remember on our way home, I would always try to be like, hey, let's not say anything about report cards today. <laughs> you know, like hopefully they forget. Let's hope they forget. Like, you get A's every time. You don't need them to celebrate you anymore. Like, it's fine. Just, shh, just be quiet. So, of course, we get home, and she's like, um, you know, got all A's again. And I'm like, uh, whatever. So then we kind of got to the place where my dad looks at me, and he says, well, Caleb, um, what was your lowest grade? That was kind of the question. Not like, let me see your report card. It's just, what's your lowest grade? And, again, he was pretty strict. And I was like, well, it was a C. But, in fact, I had lied to him because it was a D. I'd never gotten a D at that point. Because I knew a C, I could just kind of get by. You know, he'd still be a little disappointed, but I'd still get by. Um, and so he, I, told, I lied to him and told him it was a C. And looking back, I was kind of like, you know, if you were going to lie about it, like, why didn't you just say, you know, I got all A's, actually. But, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of just, I think that if I would have told him that, I needed to give him something that was believable so he didn't ask for the proof, you know? Like, if I would have told him all A's, he'd be like, for real? Let me see that thing. And I didn't want him asking for it. So it was a C. Well, that night, my family went out for dinner. We went to do something like that. I'll never forget, like, my stomach was just tossing and turning, and I felt this weight just heavy on my chest because I knew that I'd lied to my dad. I knew he'd eventually find out, and I I knew that it would be worse because not only did I have the bad grade, but I lied about it, so it's going to be worse now. And, and And I wasn't even able to really enjoy the night with my family because of this lie. And so finally I got to the place where I went to him. I was like, Dad... I I lied to you. I I told you that I had a C. I actually had a D. And he was pretty upset. You know, ultimately he forgave me. But he was pretty upset with me. There were consequences that I had to face. But at the end of the day, when I confessed that, when I got that lie off of my chest, I felt this release. I felt this weight lifted off of me because I wasn't trying to hide anything anymore. And that whole night, that lie, it, it was just like, stealing my joy. 
And so that's the first thing that sin does is sin will steal our joy. Sin will rob us of our joy. Psalm chapter 32 tells us this. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And by the way, the Old Testament, which is Psalm is in the Old Testament, was written in Hebrew. So the Hebrew translation, the word blessed, is actually happy. So it could read like, happy is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And blessed or happy is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Well, of course, at this point, they're happy because the Lord hasn't counted their sins against them. They don't have anything to hide. There's no deceit there. And then it goes on and said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me and my strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. So at this point, it's like, you know, I'm hiding, I'm holding this sin, I'm holding it in, and the effects are my strength is set, my bones are groaning. But then he goes and he says, but then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not try to hide, I didn't cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Can I tell you, if you're carrying something today, that God is here and he will forgive you, um, And then it goes on to say, many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. I love that part. His unfailing love surrounds the one that trusts in him. Can I tell you that God sees your mistakes and your flaws, but he loves you anyways. He still has unfailing love for you. And then the last part of the verse says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. This, would, this is a moment where we can rejoice, where we can, we can party and have a good time now because uh, I've confessed. I've gotten the weight of my sin off of me. I've confessed before the Lord. I've been forgiven, and I've experienced his unfailing love. So rejoice in the Lord and sing. This would probably be a good moment. Pastor Ben could sing to y'all in one of his sermons like he does, but I'm not going to sing to you because y'all would probably not re- be rejoicing anymore. So... But, but we rejoice because of the weight that has been lifted off of us. The next thing that sin does in our life, the second thing, is sin kills our lives. Sin kills our lives. When I was in the 10th grade, um, I was kind of living this life of trying to, um, I was really trying to fit in with the crowd. And uh, I was doing a lot of stupid things to try to be cool or whatever, you know. Kind of became a little bit of a yes man. Like I'd just do whatever people told me to do because I wanted to get popularity. Um, And I'll never forget this one time I was with some guys and we were going around our town around midnight and we were ding-dong ditching. Have any of you ever heard of ding-dong ditching? Some of you may have done it before. So if you don't know, for all of you innocent ones out there, ding-dong ditching is where you ding, 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 dong on the door, the doorbell, or you knock on the door and then you take off running. So it's like midnight and we're going around town, we're ding-dong ditching houses. And little did we know that a couple houses back, um, someone had called the cops on us. And so we're going to like one of the last houses or whatever, and we hit the doorbell and we take off running. And uh, we see police 
flashing lights in the corner of our eye. We're like, oh, dang, the cops are after us. And so we take off and we hit the woods. We're running from the police. And y'all are sitting there wondering to yourself, and who let this guy get up here, you know? Uh, so we're, we're running from the cops. Well, then the guy that we had knocked on his door, he comes out with a shotgun. And he's like, boom, like in the air. And we're like 10th graders, and we're running from the cops, and now shotguns going off in the distance. And we're like scared to death. And so we're running, and we finally get back to my friend's house that we were with. And we get inside. I remember everybody was just like laughing, and, and, and like it was just like, oh, man, we got away. Like we did it. Like, man, that was crazy. It was just this adrenaline moment. But it looked like we were having a good time and celebrating and laughing on the outside. But on the inside, I'll never forget that I felt this weight. Like it was this miserable feeling where I was thinking, I promise you, I tried most of the time to do what's right. But occasionally I got caught up in stupid stuff like that. And I was thinking, I was like, man, like I, I just ran from the cops. Like <laughs> if they would have caught me, I would have went to jail. And my dad, who was a pastor in the community, would have had to come bail me out, you know. And I felt this weight. I felt miserable, you know. And ultimately, that misery feeling kind of led me to a place of, a place of repentance where I had to say, i got to change some things about my life, you know. And the Bible tells it to us like this in Psalm 73. It says, surely you place them on slippery ground. I think that at that time in my life, I was probably on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. And I, I was doing things in my life at that time that I, I feel like I was on slippery ground. And had I continued down that path, then... I probably wouldn't be the student and outreach pastor here today. Um, I probably would have gone a much different way um, if I would have stayed on that slippery ground. Um, and so I would just say, say it like this, and that's that if you choose to keep your sin, like if you continue to hold on to your sin, then you will find yourself on slippery ground. But God has made a way for you to be able to get away from that. God has made a way that you can find yourself on solid and firm ground. And, and maybe you're here today and you just need to unload some things. You need to unload some sin that you've been holding on to so that you can get away from that dangerous place. Can I get an amen on that right there? Um, and then the third thing that sin does is sin destroys our identity. Psalm chapter 38 verse 4 through 6 says... My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought low. And I feel like this verse here um, explains exactly how we feel in sin. We feel overwhelmed. We feel brought low. We feel this weight of guilt that's heavy on us. And the thing about sin is Sin often takes over people's identity. They begin to identify themselves with their mistakes and with their sinful behavior. Um, you know, like I've heard people say, well, you know, my granddad had a drinking problem and my dad had a drinking problem and I do too. And that's just who we are and that's just what we do. And it's just always going to be that way, you know. And I want to tell you 
that God does not, when God looks at you, he doesn't identify you by your mistakes, which is a good thing. God does not identify us by our mistakes. And your sin does not define who you are. You are not the sum of your mistakes. God has provided a way for you to be a new person. You are not identified by your sin. And in fact, you might think of yourself by your sin, but I want to tell you that God has a different version of yourself for you if you will just ask him for it. And so the thing is, is that we cannot be guilty and happy at the same time. They just don't go together. So what do we do? You know, what do we do about the effects of sin on our life? There's something that we have to do. Um, Probably one of the most positive words in the Bible carries a very negative connotation, and that is the word repent, you know. I'm not talking about repent like, God hates you and you're going to hell. Repent or burn, turn or burn, baby, you know. Like, I'm not saying, like, coming down on you like fire and brimstone. Repent just simply means to turn and walk the other way. So let me show you. It's kind of like I'm, I'm walking down this one path. This, I'm following the sinful fleshly behaviors of myself. And when I repent, I just stop and I turn and I begin to walk this way towards Jesus. And so what we have to do is we have to find a place of repentance. And Acts tells it to us. He says, repent then and turn to God. There's that turn. Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Can I tell you that when you repent, that we serve a God that will wipe out your sin, all your past mistakes? And, and it goes on to say, and after we repent, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Like you're walking around and you're miserable in your sin and you're carrying the weight of your sin. But when you repent, it says he, he will send the Lord to us and he will send even, even Jesus, the Messiah, to us that times of refreshing may come. Like you can be refreshed from everything that you've been carrying. Kind of like, kind of like a, a cold drink of water on a hot day. You know, that refreshed feeling. That's how your soul will feel when you repent. He will send times of refreshing to you and your sins will be wiped away. So I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about the daily choice. Because the truth is, is God has joy for each of you, for all of us. But we have to make the choice to choose joy every day. Um, and I, in the Bible, uh, David, he, he did something where he, had, he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he had Bathsheba's husband killed. And then after this, David, David writes his repentant prayer in Psalm 51. And so we're going to go through Psalm 51 to, to talk about that pattern. And the first thing in Psalm 51, too, that David says is, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So wash me is what David is saying. And I'm not, right here, I'm not talking about a moment of salvation. I'm talking about something that Christians need to, to learn to practice. Like every day I wake up in the morning and I say, okay, God, now, and I'm spending time with God while, while you're getting ready or whatever. And I'm saying, okay, God, like, you know, I've got some tendencies to do bad fleshly things. 
And today, I just give that to you. Like today, I need you to help me walk in love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. I, I need you to help me today, you know. And, and I'll come clean with you and tell you, none of you probably struggle with this, but my fleshly tendency is anger. You know, the Bible says you can be angry and sin not, but I, you know, I get angry and act a fool sometimes. Uh, I don't know about y'all. I just feel like people really know how to push my buttons. And, and you know, the other day I was, I was coming back from Dallas and I was driving and somebody pulled out in front of me, like right out in front of me. And I was kind of like, what are you doing, you idiot, you know? But then they flipped me a bird. And I'm like, are you stupid? Why are you flipping me the bird when you're the one pulled out in front of me? And like, really, the flesh part of me wanted to say, can we just pull over and handle this? Like, just pull off the side of the road. Let's take care of this. But I had to remember, I say, no, I put that, I, I put, you know, the works of anger to death by the power of the Spirit. So we have to get up every day and we have to choose to, we have to daily choose to put to death our old sinful nature. And that's the first thing. You can write it down. We have to daily choose to put to death our old sinful nature. Um, and then after that, um, in Romans chapter 8, verse 12, he says this. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. And look at this. It says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. And I'm not talking about you will die as in put you in the ground. I'm talking about your dreams will die. Your marriage will die. Your friendships and relationships, your joy will die if we live according to the flesh. But then it goes on to say, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, then you will live that's the good side of it, that if we choose every day to put to death our old sinful nature, it says that you will live so you can have life. You can choose joy. You have to get up every morning and you have to say, God, today I choose to put to death anger. I will be slow to speak and quick to listen. I, I, I put to death anger, jealousy, wrath, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it may be. That tends to get in your way. God, I'm putting that to death today. So we, David says, wash me. And, and then the next thing that David says in Psalm 51, 7, now he says, God, cleanse me. I want you to cleanse me so that I'll be clean and wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. So we just talked about washing, but cleansing is something that's a little bit different because washing is something that takes place on the outside where cleansing is something that takes place on the inside. God's cleaning up some things on the inside. So now we're going to God and we're saying, God, you know, I, I need you to help me today. I, 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 need to, I need you to help me find freedom. I need you to work on this hurt. And I need you to work on this pain that I'm dealing with. You know, because the truth is, is that a lot of us, maybe even some of you, are carrying some hurt and some pain some addiction and some habits, and, and probably you've been, be, you've been carrying them for much too long. And, and God wants us to be cleansed so that we can find freedom from those things. And, and I would just say, say it like this, that the things that you're dealing with, they don't, you know, habits and addictions and hurt and pain, they may not make you a terrible person, 
but they're also not the best version of you. And God has a better version of yourself for you if you'll ask him. And that's why the second thing that we have to do is we have to daily, I have to choose every day to release my past and take another step toward freedom. Take another step towards freedom in my life and let God help me in those areas. James tells it to us like this and. James chapter 5 says, Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And then it says, The prayer of a person that's living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. So he tells us not only to confess our sins to God, but to, to make it a common practice to confess our sins to each other so that we can live together whole and healed. And I would just say a lot of times finding freedom from hurt and pain and habits, it often requires the help of other people around us, us confessing those things to people around us. And that is why here at City Hope, we have small groups. Because, and we just kicked off our small group semester, but that's why we do small groups is because it provides a place for me, where, for me personally, honestly, it provides a place where I can get to know other Christians and I can build confidence and trust in them to the place where I, I can just say, you know, I, you know, I know I'm a pastor and everything, but I still just don't have everything perfect. I'm still not right. I'm struggling in this area. Would you mind praying with me? And, and it creates this season where I'm able to take another step towards the freedom that God has for me, where, where I can go deeper in my faith, a time where I can come close to God. And that's why, you know, we just kicked off our small group semester, but that's why I would encourage you to get in a small group, get in a group. There are groups that are still open that you can get involved in to where you can take that time and say, all right, God, I, I need to work on some freedom here. And I encourage you to do that. So we said, wash me, cleanse me. And then the third thing that David tells us in Psalms is, now, God, I want you to create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So in place of all of that stuff that you got rid of, all the hurt and the pain and the habits, in that void, God, I want you to stir up your desires. I want you to stir up your purposes. Give me purpose. Give me destiny. Give me what your plan for my life is. And, and that's why every day, the third thing, you get ready to write it down, is that you have to daily pursue God's plan for your life. We have to daily pursue God's plan for our lives. And this practically just looks like I wake up in the morning, and in that time, that quiet time with God, I say, you know, God, I, I want to be used by you today. I want to walk in your purposes I want to walk in your plans. I don't want to walk in Caleb's plans. I don't, I don't want to do my own thing, and that's it today. Let, let me stir up your purposes in my life, and let me walk in those today. And Romans 12 and 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, and pleasing, and perfect. Can I tell you that God's will for your life is good, pleasing, and perfect? Like, it's not bad. 
You don't have to be afraid of God's will for your life, God's purpose for your life, because it's good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, I, I used to think that I had, you know, I had all these plans for my life that I thought would be good. And then I realized that God had other plans. And then I had to come to the realization that God has better plans for my life than I could ever have for myself. And I had to trust in God's good, pleasing, and perfect plans for my life. And that's why I would encourage you. We, we have something here to help you out with that, to help you find God's purpose for your life. If you don't know, maybe you do. We have something called Growth Track. It's getting ready to start in October the first Sunday of October. And in, in our growth track, we give you the opportunity to discover your purpose, your God-given purpose. And our, our whole dream team has been through it. And man, they're thriving and they're serving, doing big things. And, and God is using them through, through the purpose that he's given them. And so I would encourage you to get on the growth track so that you can find the purpose that God has for your life. And then the last thing, that David tells us in Psalm is he says, now restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now I don't, he's, so he says the joy of your salvation. I don't know about y'all, but I have met some Christians, some saved people that didn't have joy before. I don't know if you have. And so how do we find the joy of salvation? I'm going to skip to this next line and show you. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. The joy of salvation is simply, God, you've done such a work in my life, this awesome work in my life, that now I'm teaching others. Now I'm telling others about what you've done in my life. And it's changing people's lives and sinners. They're coming back to you because of what you've done in my life. Like the poor are being helped. Those that are hurt and those that are lonely and marginalized are, are being blessed by what you've done in my life. That's the joy of salvation. And, and that's why the, the fourth thing that we have to decide every day is to live a life that impacts others. We got to live a life, and it's a decision. We have to daily choose to live a life that impacts others. And I would just say it like this. You will never know the joy of salvation until you do something with your life that impacts others. You'll never, I'm going to tell you again, because that's just, just let it sink in. You will never know, like you can, you can be saved, and that's good. You're going to heaven. That's awesome. But you can never know the joy of salvation until you do something with your life that impacts others. And don't just take my word for it. Ask one of the dream teamers. You know, the, the dream team around here makes all of this possible. They serve and they work so hard and they make all this possible. And ask one of them. Ask, ask one of the people that handed you a worship God when you walked through the door. The person that made the coffee for us this morning. And don't spend too much time on this, but maybe ask one of the parking lot attendants. I wouldn't take too much time, you know, because you might have a crash out there. Um, but ask one of them. These guys, they are, they, they've gone through the growth track and discovered their purpose, and now they're making a difference in the world around them. And you can do it too. You can choose to live a life that impacts others and live and live the version of yourself that God has for you. And so we said, God, I want you to wash me. And that's really just 
knowing God and finding the freedom that comes in salvation. God, I I need you to cleanse me so I can find freedom from my hurt and from my pain, from my habits. And I can settle my yesterdays. I want you to cleanse me, God. I, I want you to create in me your desires, your purpose. Give me a sense of purpose and and a destiny. And God, now I want you to restore to me the joy of what it's like to be a Christian, the joy of salvation. Restore to me so I can make an impact in the world around me. I can make an impact and a difference can make a difference. You know, Pastor Ben and Annalise, they have an awesome vision for this church, for this place. And I know, you know, you guys are a beautiful crowd, but the end goal at the end of the day is really not to just fill up a building. That's not the goal. The goal is to see you guys take, to see everyone really, take next steps in our faith so that we can grow closer to Jesus and so that we can live the life that he has for us. You know, so maybe you're here today and that would just be, you know, I'm, I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of carrying it. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Or maybe you would be here today and you'd say, I'm tired of my habits. I'm sick of this hurt and this pain. I'm, I'm going to take the step. I'm going to join a small group so I can work on some freedom. And, and maybe that just, maybe that looks like saying, I'm tired of living a life that's less than what God has for me. So I'm going to discover my purpose. Maybe you just want to be able to lay your head down at night knowing that you made a difference in the world around you, just like the rest of our dream team. They get to make a difference all the time, every day. And you can do that too. So just to sum this all up, I would just say joy is more than a feeling. Joy is a way of living. It's more than a feeling. It's a way of living. If you would, just bow your head, close your eyes with me. And I just want to take a moment and, you know, maybe you're here today and, and God is tugging at your heart. You feel, you, you feel the spirit just tugging at your heart this morning. And maybe it's saying, you know, you, maybe he's just trying to give you a nudge and say, you need to take that next step. And that can be different for every single person in here. Maybe someone here is saying, I want to go public with my faith and, and I want to get baptized and that's my next step in the faith. Or maybe that's joining a, a small group to work on some freedom or getting in the growth track so you can, so you can discover your purpose. Maybe, that's, maybe you've taken those steps and it's just actually living out, making a difference in the world around you. I promise you, God has joy on the other side of whatever it is that you're facing this morning. But you have to take those steps. You have to take those steps so that you don't, we don't want you living a life that's miserable. We want you to live a life full of joy. And so if that's you and you just say, you know, God's nudging me to take that next step so I can include you in this prayer. Would you just, I'm not gonna embarrass you. Would you just slip your hand up? If that's you, thank you for your hand. Thank you. Thank you, hands everywhere anyone else. Maybe you're online with us this morning and you're saying, I need to take a next step. If that's you, we're going to cover you as well. Anyone else? Thank you for your hands. I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you for every person that's here, every person with us online, God. I thank you that you're working on the hearts of every person right now. 
Lord, and, and I don't know exactly what it is that they need to take that next step. Lord, maybe it's courage or boldness, God, but I pray that you would give them whatever it is that they need to take that next step in you, Father. Give them courage and give them strength, Lord, so that they can live a life that's full of joy through the steps that they take, through their decisions every single day. And I pray that you would be with them, God, right now. And with your, just stay still in this moment with your head still bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Caleb, you know, everything that you're saying, it sounds good, sounds good and everything. And I want joy in my life. Maybe you'd say, "I'm, I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of carrying the weight of my sin. And I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I promise I wouldn't embarrass you for the world. Thank you for your hand. Thank you for your hand. God bless you. Anyone else, thank you. God sees you. Anyone else, I want to give my life to Jesus so I can get that refreshment that comes from the Lord. Anyone else need it today? you're online that's your prayer today I want us all to just pray this together dear Jesus I come before you and I give you my sin Lord I know that I've made some mistakes but I ask that you would wash me that you would cleanse me create in me your desires and restore to me joy. Thank you for saving me today and for the rest of my life. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody, give it up for Jesus. That's awesome. People that were were lost, they gave their sin to Jesus and found refreshment in him that's so awesome